Hello, friends. This is Life on Fire podcast, and I'm totally excited because I have my friend Todd Carlton with us today. Todd has been a firefighter for 21 years, and he has three kids, and he's been married for 16 years. Incredible. He serves with Disciple City, and he has his own podcast called The Toddcast, where he shares incredible stories of faith. Todd is going to share with us today. And before I start, we just thank you to our monthly partners and our one-time donors that makes it possible to train and equip believers to share God's love around Canada and the world. If you would like to partner with us, the link is below in the comments. And once again, we thank you. Now let's hear from Todd Carlton. So Todd, uh, you shared a bit with me the other day and I, I know a bit about your story because I was actually with you the other day. <laughs> you were. Yeah. So Todd. Does it look familiar? <laughs> yeah, it looks familiar. <laughs> so Todd, you've been a firefighter for 21 years. Uh, you've been uh, following Jesus for 12 years. You have three kids. And like myself, we were, you were sharing the other day, um, you also had addiction to different things. So I just wanted you to share today uh, with our viewers uh, where you came from and what happened in your life. Well, um, I grew up uh, attending one of the bigger denominational churches, attending in the sense of, you know, we would go here and there type thing, but always at Christmas and Easter and stuff like that. So the family believed in in god and jesus right so there was always mm. a belief i never was an atheist or whatever but um it was just that it was just a belief and um family was was all good but it was kind of like uh just something that we did as a family right you get together at christmas as a family it was just something that we did so um when i sort of as i got older i kind of saw hypocrisy in it mm. like people were attending and going to these things, but they weren't living that way. So it's like they would go and say they were sorry for certain things and then they would just go out and do it all over again. Yeah. And so I just didn't want any part of that. So when I got to an age where I could just stop going, I just stopped going and got right out of it. Hmm. Um, and then like we all do, you know, we, we search for identity, yeah. right? Where do we belong? You know, as we start to grow up and I was really drawn to music and uh, specifically for me, I was really drawn to rock and roll and it's interesting. And when I grew up, there was all different kinds of music as there is now. And each of them sort of had their element of coolness to them, right? Like hmm. country music had the, the trucks and the hats and whatever, and the <laughs> girls and whatever. And there was a coolness to it, but I didn't relate to it. Right. And rap was exploding then too, right? And there was an element of coolness there too with the clothing and the cars and the women mm. and different stuff. But for me, it was just rock and roll and just leather jackets and all that kind of stuff. So I just... I'm, very I'm still on. wearing my leather jacket, Todd. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I still have mine too. <laughs> um, it's uh, And so I just thought that was cool and mm. I just wanted to be like that and I relate to the music. So... And my parents separated when I was really young. Yeah. And um, there I had relation, like I lived with my mom and went to see my dad and things were good that way. But I guess I, I realize now that inside, like 
it really, you know, tore at me going back and forth and stuff. And so there was, I, I guess I had like a, in hindsight, anger inside of me because of it. And mm. my parents were good, you know, and they did the best they could and everything. But it's like, so the music was a way to channel my mm. anger, if that makes sense. Yeah. Instead of getting into crime or breaking stuff, it was just like going to those shows. It was a good vent or even driving or whatever. It was my vent. Yeah. Um, and I just immersed myself in that culture. So, and then what comes with that is hard drinking and drugs, right? Yeah. And so, um, but I had goals in my life still. I, I always wanted this career and I one day wanted to be married and I wanted to have kids. But until then, I was living large. Where so, did, did you play in a band also, Todd? Or? I played in some jam bands. I never, uh, I, I never recorded a record or did anything like that. Just played around with buddies and different circumstances and played on stage a couple times when I bartended and the house band would come in. I'd go up a couple times and play, but nothing of any significance. Um, that was kind of more therapeutic for me. So I play guitar. Actually, when I was living, kind of jumping ahead, but when I was living by myself, I would just basically get high and play guitar. And it was just by myself, put music on that I liked and play along with it. And I just was so I thought was therapeutic for, for me. Yeah. So um, was it like a lot of heavy metal music? Eh? I was, I was more into like EDM kind of music like that. Yeah. And I liked everything from like a wide range. So it wasn't not just necessarily heavy, but I liked everything from, uh, like collective soul to iron maiden and Metallica and Slayer and everything in between. Right. If, if there was guitars in it I, and, and it was kind of aggressive, I liked it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, I just, uh, you know, I just fell into that lifestyle. Mm. Um, and I realized now too, I was deceived because I never used anything when I worked hmm. at, at any job ever. So to myself, it's like, I justified, well, when I'm working or doing for somebody else, I'm, I'm theirs, but when I'm done, I'm on my time. So who cares? Right. And, um, it's funny. I, I oftentimes reference this guns and roses song, um, Mr. Brownstone where the, where the, and, and I never did heroin. That song's about heroin, but there's a lyric in the song. I used to do a little, but the little wouldn't do it. So the little got more and more. Hmm. And it's like, that's with whatever I touched. That's how it was. It yeah. starts off, and you and me were talking about it before, where it starts off where it's like Friday night, Saturday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday, you know, and the next thing, it's seven days a week. Right? Yeah, next thing you're staying up all night or hanging out <laughs> into the middle of the morning. Totally. So, uh, anyways, you know, then, uh, then I got my career. I, I finally achieved that goal. And... Uh, so some of the hard, harder, and then I met my, my now wife who was, who was a Christian at the time. And it's funny because when we went out on our second date, she was really quick to want to tell me that she's a Christian. Like mm. as soon as we sat down for this meal <laughs> and it was funny because when she said it to me, she goes, I just really want you to know that I'm a Christian. And I just looked at her and I said, aren't we all <laughs> right? Cause uh, like that's how I grew up and I didn't really understand what it meant anyways um 
kind of an interesting, almost dual testimony because from what I know now, she yoked herself with an unbeliever, even though I believed, but you know what I mean? Scripturally, it was very challenging for her as well. So we started going out and uh, we sort of went out for an amount of time where I realized that church was important to her. And I felt like I should probably go check it out with her. So I agreed to go and I went with her one Sunday and it was nothing like the church that I grew up going to. So when we walked out of there, she's like, what did you think? And, and uh, I think you had something similar too, or I, we came out of there and I'm like, well, where was all the stuff? Like there was no, you know, stations to cross and everything. And the guys just wearing casual clothes and the band and I totally shredded them. Like, who do those guys think they are? <laughs> Just a spiritual buzz killer, right? Yeah. And so, you know, and then our relationship got to a certain point where I said to her, like, I felt, I don't know if I felt obligated or, or perhaps it was actually God drawing me in is probably the more reality. But I, I felt like, you know, I should, I should go with her. So I said to her, okay, I, I've decided that I'm going to attend church with you, but here's my deal. I don't want any more. I don't want any Christian friends. I got enough of my own. Uh, I'm not going to be part of any kind of a small group and I'm not going to be part of anybody's conversion. Mm. Right. And so probably inside of her, it's like, why don't you just stay home? (laughs) (laughs) So we started going and, uh, you know, we started to attend and, and then we eventually, we got married and we moved and we moved up to here to where we are and we start going to this other church and man, we're going to this, the church. And at times I feel like I really need to talk to somebody, right? Cause mm. something's missing, man. Like, and, and I, you know, I'm kind of fast forwarding a little bit, but at, by this time we're married and we have two kids and, and they're really, really super little. My daughter's like less than a year old and I'm just feeling like, the goals that I had in my life, I, I got the job that I wanted. I'm married. I have these kids and I'm thinking like, now what? What's my purpose? You know, I'm, I'm feeling empty inside. And so as we're sitting in church, I'm feeling like I need to talk to somebody. Right. Mm. But I look at the, I look at the pastor and I'm thinking, and like most new people coming into church, you sit at the back, right? So you can just book it. If things get, right? <laughs> he can escape. Totally. <laughs> but I'm sitting back there and I'm feeling like I, I can't talk to this guy. I smoke, I drink, I do drugs. I can't talk to him. I can't relate to him. Right. And I would look, be sitting behind all the people in front and just think like, I can't even relate to these people because the deception is that all the people are at a certain place and I'm not there. Yeah. When the reality is you don't know where these people are right? Some are passionate, some are struggling, some are whatever, right? You don't know. But that's the deception. And so, for a long time, I felt like that. And anyway, she uh, she knew a girl at the church who was married to the youth pastor, and the youth pastor was a dude. And, mm-hmm. you know, as we talked to him, I thought, like, I, I think I could talk to this guy. So, we started hanging out, just having coffee. Uh, his name's Jeff, and he'd meet with me at Tim Hortons late at night. Cause I was a night owl and stuff. And you know how you do all those funny things when you're with people that you think are somewhere in church. So I didn't smoke around them and all this. <laughs> he wouldn't have even cared. Right. Cause he came out of something himself. But so we go to Tim Hortons and, and I remember him telling me uh, one time, 
he was just, he was full of joy. Wow. And he was very matter of fact when he talked about stuff concerning the Lord. And that was intriguing to me. And so he would tell me, he said, uh, oh, a friend of mine just came to faith the other day. <laughs> and, I, and I looked at him and said, well, what does that even mean? I don't, I don't even understand what that means, right? And uh, another time we'd be there and he'd say, uh, he, he could see it, right? He could see God changing me. Hmm. And he, he, I remember him looking at me and saying, God's going to ruin you, man, in a wow. good way. <laughs> that must have been so weird for you. <laughs> it was weird. I'm like, what does that mean, right? And then, you know, then I'd leave, uh, I'd leave hanging out with him and, you know, get wrecked and whatever. Um, and yeah, so there's all these things happening. And then there was stuff with my wife's family where her parents, you know, I could see the faith that her parents had. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they just lived it, and they were so loving and so accepting, and they never, they never pushed mm. anything on me, or you, you know. And in hindsight, too, I, I know, I know they knew where I was coming from. Maybe not the magnitude of it, but it must have been uh, hard for them too, right? Because their daughter is now with this guy and whatever, right? Yeah. Um. But then they're even their bigger family. I don't know, man. There was just so many things with these these people. They had something, and I didn't know what it was, but it intrigued me. And it was and it was Jeff, and it was my wife, and it was family, and all these people. And so life goes on, and um, I remember just getting to a point of really questioning my faith, or not my faith, but just really questioning my purpose. And I realized that uh, I had bought a book on audio by request for my wife called hmm. The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. You're familiar with it? Yeah, yeah, we talked about that. <laughs> I forgot to ask you, did you also listen to the the, the sermons that I listened to? Uh, what, what, the, they're, they're tied to the book. There's actually a bunch of sermons for each chapter. I'm not sure, but I, I listened to the audio. So okay. when, when we were living in the Durham area, she was working far from home. So she had asked for that on audio and she'd listened to it going to work in her mm-hmm. commute. So I don't know how I remembered this, but I did. And I went and I grabbed these CDs and didn't say anything to her. I just grabbed these CDs. I was carpooling. I stopped carpooling with, with my buddies and I just started listening to these things on the way to work. Hmm. And I'd been going to church long enough now that some of the Christian stuff that he talks about, like I understood what he meant, you know? Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to listen one a day, right? Those devotionals, one a day. Yeah. I just cranked this thing. <laughs> I just needed to know, right? And so You're so hungry, eh? That was the same as me. I think it was a couple days or something. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know what chapter or what he said um, specifically, but I'm driving down the road and he said something or it just came to a certain point in my heart. Like I just so badly wanted to know. And so I shut the radio off and I leaned forward and I look, I looked up to the sky and I, and it sounds so Christian cliche, but I literally <laughs> looked up to the sky and I said, Jesus, if you're real, come into my heart right now. And I wow. instantly felt something come in inside of my heart that I holding the wheel and I was like, right? <laughs> you're driving your car. <laughs> I'm doing a hundred kilometers an hour, bro. in a Chevy Silverado <laughs> I came to faith. That's awesome. And in that second, my belief became real. Wow. Just like a light switch. 
And this, this feeling, I, I could only describe it to people that I associated with. It was like the highest high mm. ever, but, <laughs> but clean, right? Sure. Not that dirty feeling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, I don't know if it was like 30 seconds or a minute. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden convicted. Wow. Like convicted. Conviction. And, and like, I literally, I'm still holding the wheel, but now all of a sudden it was like this realization that he's real. And I audibly by myself, I said, what have I done? And I just started weeping because in that moment of, of him making himself real and known to me, mm-hmm. it was like this conviction of how I had treated women all my life, how I, uh, even like guys, like in the sense of, you know, I just wanted to party so much. It's like if, if I had the option to hang out with you or I had the option to hang out with, like, say, Greg. Yeah. But you had stuff and Greg didn't. I would make an excuse to Greg and I would go hang out with you instead. Mm. And it's like f- both ways. That's all about me and self, right? I'm yeah. Not, you know, so I just, just washed in conviction. And so I came home and I remember coming in the house and my wife's holding my daughter and I came to her and I said, I, I can't I actually can't even remember the, the actual words that I said, but just like, hey, I believe or, or it's real. And she lit up. Right. And then and then she held it back. You know how sometimes you don't want people to see your excitement too much because you're yeah. afraid they'll lose what you're excited for. Mm-hmm. So it's like and I could see that in her. And I said, no, 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 no. This is like this is real. Right. And so. Anyways unbeknownst to me man her mom and her had been praying every day for like three or four months that i would have like an encounter like this or for salvation and so that night my i was in this functional routine right where now i'm married and i have kids so some of the harder things and the different things that i was using i kind of was able to push inside right and then you think like you know you're in control Hmm. um but my routine at night that I justified with myself was because my wife was home. So, you know, everything was cool. If there was a problem, she was good to go. Uh, my routine was a couple drinks, a big fatty, and just that comfortably <laughs> numb, right? Yes. That, that was I remember. So, even that night, that, that was my thing. Mm-hmm. The next day, nobody was home. I don't know where everybody was, but uh, my wife had bought a book for me. For Christmas by Brian Head Welch, the the uh, guitar player for Corn. Oh wow! I was going to ask that if you read that book or if you used to listen to him when you were younger. I did. Yeah, know, all that, all that stuff, man. I I rode Judas Priest and Iron Maiden right into grunge and yeah. And, you know, I I didn't listen to much heavy metal, but I did listen to Corn. And then when I seen Brian Head Welch's video on I Am Second, wow. incredible and i remember when he left the band too and that was obviously before i came to faith and it's like oh well he's gone weird and all that right yeah so she had bought me this book which which i thought was kind of funny because i didn't like i didn't read right like i can read (laughs) you know but i didn't read books i read what was required at work and i just i didn't read books but i picked up that book the next day and man me and him were the same age and it's obviously if you've read it it's account of his testimony in his life and we're the same age and we wore the same clothes as kids and we liked the same bands as kids and we didn't like other people because of the bands they liked like all that dumb stuff 
so the book really drew me in. And so I read this whole book. I just sat on a stool with a pot of coffee and just read his whole book. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, there's a part in his book where he's, he's come to faith and he links up with these Christians to uh, do real estate. And one of the guys sends him an email one night saying that he was reading the Bible and blah, blah, blah. And there was this scripture and I thought, you, you know, it might mean something to you. And it's a Ma- Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30. Yeah. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Hmm. And when I read it in the book, it's like it, the words came off the page to me. Wow. And I didn't realize I had burdens until I read it in the word. And I wasn't even reading the word, but it was a quote from the word, right? Yeah. Well, it was the word. It is the word. Anyway, my wife comes home that night and I open it up and I say, you got to read, you got to hear this. So here's me now, the guy who, you know, I don't want to go to church. I don't like Christian friends. Now I'm going to tell the Christian about the Bible. (laughs) Right? Yeah. And I go, listen to this. And I start reading it and I can't, I can start crying. I can't read it. And I, and I stopped myself and I try to read it again and I can't, and I just slid the book across for, for the Christian to read the word, right? I'm just laughing just because I remember reading the Bible crying with tears all over my Bible. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So, so I, I read this whole book that day. And so that night, so this is day two, uh, same thing, same routine, right? Where creatures a habit, kids yep. go to bed, I go out into my shop couple drinks, same thing. And I'm standing mm. in the doorway and where we live, we now live in the country and we live in this area where there's these rolling hills. And so I'm standing in the garage and I'm smoking a cigarette and I'm looking over these hills and not audibly, but I heard a voice, I heard his voice say to me, what have I not given you that you need to be drunk and high every day? Mm. And like all the hair on my body stood straight up. And it's like in that moment, he took the desire for me to be comfortably numb or whatever you want to call it. He took the desire from inside of me. Wow. And it was just, it was just gone. Wow. And so, man, after that, I just started sharing like this story, but obviously more in depth because, yeah, you know, that's where, where it came. And I just was sharing the story with everybody I could. And this happened in, and I don't think I was in a chunk of time off of work at the time. And were you a firefighter at this time? I was. I was 10 okay. years in. 10 years in. Okay. I was 10 years in and I like partied with these guys and, yeah. you know, done all the stuff. And, and, and I loved them, right? Mm-hmm. And my crew and everything. And, you know, that I thought, man, I got to, we used to meet uh, on a Sunday. We'd meet all together, like the whole bigger crew. Yeah. Know, like a staff meeting. And I'm like man, I got I to gotta tell them, right? Because I love these guys. I got to tell them this. Oh, wait a minute. They're all going to think like I'm on crack. Right? How do we do this? Because they got to know, right? It's funny to me. And you see it now as people come to faith. It's like the immediate response is you want to you share. Yeah, you can't stop. <laughs> yeah. And so... It's so it's just so exciting when when God reveals to you yeah. just just himself. <laughs> and so I'm I'm sharing with people and I'm uh, and you know what too else is I remember going going to church. Mm-hmm. Now, man, I I can't wait to go back. 
<laughs> and so we'd go to church and Amy's, my wife's parents were so excited. They were telling all their friends or yeah. her friends. And there were, there were certain people that would come up to me in the church. And when they would look at me and say, hey, congratulations, there were certain people that would look at me. And when they looked at me in the eyes, I knew that they knew what I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, it was so, uh, it was so vivid to me. And so, you know, we're going and then the, and, and then, you know, of course I start read, I told my buddy Jeff and, and uh, he recommended that I start in the book of John. I don't know why he just did. And so I started in that and I would read that and then we'd go to church and then the pastor would preach on a part of it that I had just read. And I'd be sitting there like, and then I'd be looking around for Jeff and I'm thinking, who told this guy? that I just read this because this is a thick book. How did he know? And this is amazing. And so, uh, and so, you know, I, I read, I read John and then I read Matthew and then I read Mark and then I read Luke and then I got halfway through Luke and I thought, okay, you know, yeah, I'm good. I need to know what happened after. Cause even though I grew up in the church, I only knew like the core stories, right? Yeah. It's, I never really read the Bible. So then I start reading the book of Acts and, I start reading about how, you know, many believed that day and were baptized. Mm. Or Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, and he shares the gospel with them, and, and he's like, hey, there's water. Why shouldn't I get baptized? And this <laughs> light went on in me, and it's like, I need to get baptized. And I'd mm. already been baptized as a kid. Mm -hmm. It didn't mean anything to me. I was a kid, right? I, I didn't even, I, I went somewhere, some guy put water on me, and then there was a party, you mm. know? Oh, so you were baptized as like a baby or like just a young kid or? Dude, I was actually, so when I was born, my, yeah, I was christened okay. as a baby. And then uh, when my parents split, my mom wanted to put me into a, into a Catholic school. Okay. And so, you know, she went and talked to the priests and the priests were good with the baptism because it was within Christianity. Yeah. But at the time, the school board wasn't and you had to be baptized to go to Catholic school, right? Things are different today. But yeah. That's how it was then. So I had to get baptized then too. And it's like, well, it, you know, personally it meant nothing. So, but when I read this stuff in the word, I needed to get baptized. So I called the pastor up and I said, Hey bro, fill the tank, man. I need to get baptized. Like right now I'm coming to the church. And were you reading for the book of Acts when you're, I was. Yeah. Yeah. And cause it was real to me. Cause it's like, now I believe yeah. This is the response. Now yeah. you get baptized. No, be obedient, right? <laughs> yeah. So so I got baptized. My buddy Jeff baptized me, it was awesome. And uh you know, and, and then it was interesting because so something I didn't mention is when before I came to faith, when we were living in Durham and I said to my wife, I'll start going to church with you. Uh we met while she knew this couple there, mm -hmm. and uh, the her husband was a firefighter. And so when we met them, I'm thinking, oh, great, here we go. Here's the guy, right? And he's going to be the guy because now we got, you know, there's a connection and he's going to convert me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this dude's name was, was Brian and uh, he was never like that. Mm. He just like had love. Right? Yeah. And we'd go out for lunch with them sometimes after church and he was just super nice and he would stop by my house sometimes. He lived. We lived in the same town. He worked for a different fire service, but he, he would stop by my house sometime. And same thing. I don't know why we do this. I guess it's just the conviction of the Lord, but I'd be washing my truck or something, having a smoke, and he'd come by, and I'd, <laughs> what do I, 
you know, and then he's like, oh, but don't worry about it, man. Right? And it's like, you're, you're, I'm an adult, a homeowner. What am I doing? You know, but anyway. Well, yeah, I got a funny story, Todd. I, when I used to evangelize, uh, when I was like just coming to Christ, I asked, I actually would evangelize with cigarettes because I'd have something in common with people on the streets. So <laughs> we, I would share smoke and we would talk about God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, man. Well, he, so he'd do that and, uh, you know, I remember a couple times we had a couple big calls at work and he'd just show up because, I don't know, he they were big enough that if you were in town, you knew. And he'd bring water and, and pop for everybody and stuff like that. And so when I came to faith, I called him and uh, he came to my hall because it was in his, I worked in the town where we had moved, but I worked in the town where he lived. And he came to the hall, man, and gave me a big hug and said, welcome to the family. And, wow. And, uh, you know, it was just, and he... <laughs> And so the the joke of the list of rules that I gave my wife is that after I came to faith, man, I just want to know more Christians, right? I've I've actually started small groups. Wow. <laughs> and I was never a part of anybody's conversion. And wow. it's like, I know now that conversion, conversion is religion. Nobody mm. converts people. God changes. Hearts, right? <laughs> God does it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So... Anyways, then I just, you know, uh, I just went on this journey of just sharing and uh, with, with people and, you know, workmates and stuff. And um, so and stop me at any time, dude, because I know it's OK. I'm just I'm just thinking here. So when you were at the coffee shop, was that Adam that was sitting with you that was telling you God was going to wreck you? No, that was my buddy, Jeff. Your buddy. So, yeah. So, now you're part of uh, Disciple City and Every Disciple Sent, which is, like, incredible to see what you guys are doing down in Peterborough. Um, how did that come about where you met Adam and met these Disciple City guys? And if if you guys don't know what Disciple City is, maybe Todd could just explain a bit about their vision. And you, you can see it, actually, right in the background behind them. And if you're watching this on podcast audio forum, you're going to want to uh, log into my YouTube to actually watch <laughs> the video so you can see the things we're talking about. Yeah. Well, so, um, well, disciple a city basically is a, is a ministry that started out with the desire to encourage and equip Christians to share their faith mm. wherever we go. Right. Yeah. And so we started doing that using some simple tools like the three circles and the stuff you know, adopted from E3 and I am second mm -hmm. and all that. Um, and you know, the underground churches in China and whatnot. Um, and it's started out as much as that of using the street as a training ground to yeah. show people, Christians who hadn't shared their faith, that people are open. Mm -hmm. Right. And then with the hopes that then these Christians would just, you know, look for signs from the Lord and just share their gospel when, when prompted by the Holy Spirit in their workplace or when they're out or when they're on their own in their normal lives, doing their day to day. Yeah, it's incredible. So like every Christian can go out, pray for others, share their testimony and um, see God do incredible things. Baptize Todd, like tons of people. You saw God heal so many people. You saw God do like incredible things in your journey. Um, maybe you can just share some stories. Like I know you baptized your own son, which must have been like, I don't even know you. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a, a father. I'm a spiritual father, but I don't actually have a son. So what was that like? Man, that was, uh, you know, that's your hope as a parent, right? Is the fact that, okay, uh, 
you know, I'm seeing all this stuff and, and, and experiencing these things. And it's funny because at first, before this happened, I wanted my kids to experience the things that I did growing up. Yeah. Now I don't, right, at all. Like, uh, but, you know, I, you, your just desire is that, you know, you can live it and, and, and uh, teach them stuff, uh, but they are going to, we live in the world, right? And, yeah. And you're, you're going to get exposed to the world. And you're going to have to make a choice and you're going to get to an age and, uh, you know, the party scene is it's it's enticing and it looks exciting and stuff like that from the outside. And, and, you know, maybe it is for a bit when you first get sucked into it, but that's what it is. It's a vortex of destruction ultimately, right? Yeah. Very few people can, very few people can jump into that and just have moderate fun and jump out, right? Yeah. Usually it's, it's, it's not. So what happened with him was... And then I'll share with you how I got into Disciple of City. But what happened yeah. with him was he was uh, attending a youth uh, attending um, youth group, and his youth pastor is an awesome, awesome guy. And so, at one of the end of the youth nights, um, the pastor just encouraged them to just pray and 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 ask God for you know what he's how he's speaking to you. And so he comes home from this thing and he said, "Man, I had a, a vision of like a river." And with trees on the other side. Wow. And that, that water, I can't remember. I should have actually had the paper of exactly what he said. But he had this vision of this river mm-hmm. and the vision that he was told when he... And then he had a vision of a bunch of sheep running off a cliff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I actually heard that in the video I watched, which I'll, I'll play after you share. Well, and then I said, man, you should pray and ask God to reveal what that means, right? Mm. And so he he prayed on it, and and then he wrote it. He actually wrote it down. I think he was even at school. He wrote it down. He actually drew out what he saw, and then wrote it down. And uh, it was like the message that God revealed to him is that you know through you know baptism is the way to following the Father, and the way to freedom, and that the world are like sheep, and we just follow mm. each other over the cliff, and it's it's death, mm. and and the water is life. And so he knew it's awesome and then so then i just went over scripture with him in the book of acts and how you know because he knows jesus and hears the stories of jesus and stuff so we just went over a bunch of scriptures in the bible about how people heard the word mm. and when they believed they were baptized so it was important for me to not like you know don't drag this out and wait and wait and wait it's like man if this is what you saw let's get baptized. And so anyways, we went to a river cause he, he really felt like he needed to get baptized in a river and we, and it was in the fall. So it was cold. Wow. Um, and we went down with his youth pastor who's been significant in his spiritual life too. And we went down to the river, uh, John Mark and myself and, and a whole group of people and baptized him in the river. Wow. <laughs> That's so awesome. I'm going to play the video. Actually, I watched it earlier and, uh, how cool it is for a dad to baptize his own son. Uh, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> What's that like watching that, Todd? Oh man, dude, I I couldn't even I couldn't even speak. I said, because John, John Mark's like, do you want to say a couple words? Like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to speak, man. You just do it, will you? I'll just, <laughs> you know, because it's just so filled with joy. Yeah, and then. Uh, it was really cool because, um, you know, at this point we've known Adam for a bunch of years and he has kids, our kids hang out, their kids are the same age. And, uh, 
Caden was like, yeah, I'd like, you know, you and Adam and stuff to, to pray for me after. So, cause we've read all kinds of stuff in the book of Acts. So we did the baptism and he came out of the water and immediately a bunch of us gathered around, laid hands on him, right. To mm-hmm. receive the baptism of the Holy spirit. <laughs> and uh, my stepfather was filming it and uh, he filmed the whole thing and made this nice little video. But uh, when we watched it after my son's head was down, just receiving the prayer. And I told him, right. Just, you know what? I said, we're going to pray for you after we lay hands, just, just open your heart and just receive, right. Just posture yourself to receive. That's mm-hmm. it. Right. And so we're watching the video after and he sees his mouth doing this. <laughs> and he says, I don't, I don't remember talking. And it's like, yeah. You know, wow. Tongues. Very he was pr- subtle, very subtle, very intimate, you know, yeah. but touched. And so anyway, so that that's, that's incredible. And I know a lot of people out there, maybe they don't pray in tongues and we just want to say tongues are for today, guys. It's, you can, you can pray in tongues. You can speak in tongues. Just ask God to yeah. overflow out of you and be overflowing with the power of the Holy spirit. Yeah. <laughs> that is so cool. So you baptize your son, but then you also started seeing, like, I remember I started seeing a lot of supernatural things. And I know there's even people in the comments uh, that are believing, uh, that are writing here for comments to pray for people. Um, I think there's some people praying. Yeah, people want healing. So tell me a testimony of somebody that uh, you've seen get healed. I think somebody in your family, you were saying earlier, I have a video of that, that actually got healed. Yeah, so like physically, they physically got healed. Yeah, so you know, my my whole because I had this encounter in my truck by myself. Yeah. My my whole journey, I've been hungry to know more about the Father. Yeah. And I've been really curious and really open. And so it's like as much as at times you value people's opinions, I don't mm-hmm. want somebody's opinion. I want to know from God. So whether it's speaking in tongues, healing, baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh fasting, whatever yep. it is, I just like, you know, sure, I'll hear your story and I'll hear somebody else's story, but what, God, what does that mean to me? What does that look like for me? And so, it, it all started, it all started with, um, because I was following Head, Brian Head Welch from Corn. I started following him on social media when I came to faith. Yeah. That led to me learning about the movie, um, I think it's Holy called Ghost. Oh, Holy Ghost. I thought it was Loud Crazy Love. Well, he has that too, but this is okay. way before that. Okay. Because of his social media, it led me to Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost introduced me to Todd White. Okay. That really encouraged me to go out. So this is how I met Adam, because I, after watching that movie, I, I started going out onto the streets of Peterborough by myself. I just felt like I need to do this. And I would just <laughs> go, and I would park my vehicle downtown, and I would just meander about and walk aimlessly downtown. <laughs> Just waiting to talk to somebody, right? Yeah, I would just literally say, God, show me who you want me to talk to. And God would literally single people out to me and I would go and I would, whether they were people walking by or I'd sit with some homeless people and just sit there with them or whatever. Hmm. And that's how that all started. And then Adam and I met through a mutual friend and long story short, he had, him and another friend had a desire to start this Disciple of City. And one day he, he called we had only actually met twice and he called me up and he said, Hey, a friend of mine, we want to start this ministry with where where we teach people how to share the gospel. Hmm. Um, you know, would you be interested in helping out? And I literally, I said, bro, I just got home from spending three hours downtown Peterborough doing that by myself. So yeah, I'm in. Hmm. 
And so anyways, that's kind of how that all started. And then there's a crazy story about how he invited me to go on a trip for three days to Sweden with him. And I didn't even know him. And that was kind of <laughs> weird, but it had to be God. So I went. And that's another story. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, so, uh, you know, so you, so you like started laying hands on people and you started seeing miracles though, like regularly. Well, I didn't see anything. You didn't see but anything. I, okay. I didn't see anything, but I just, you know, I was reading scripture and I was watching hungry. Right. So yeah. like you and I were talking, I was watching all kinds of stuff. Dan Moeller, I was listening to podcasts. Well, I don't even know if they're podcasts, but preaching constantly, yeah. everybody from, from Todd White to Andrew Womack to Chuck Swindoll and Charles hmm. Stanley and, like just a huge range of these people. And so, and then reading the Bible, man, and just in the Bible, it's like they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Right? <laughs> Signs and wonders follow those who believe. And it's like, well, I believe, right? Mm. And, you know, so I just started doing that. And anyways, for the longest time, you know, nothing would happen. But I was really encouraged by Todd White. Something that he said that always resonated with me is that the worst thing that can happen is nothing. Mm. Right. And at the very least, you, you pray for somebody, you've said Jesus's name, and you've showed concern and compassion for them. So the very first Disciple of City event that we had, uh, actually, you were there. Yes. You were there. A bunch of you guys came down. And I went out for lunch. We, we took a lunch break, or it was the outreach time or whatever. And I came back to the church early with a buddy. And Nobody was back yet because we were early, but Adam was praying for this one guy sitting halfway into the building. And so whatever, right? Oh, he's praying. Let's go pray. <laughs> Just go pray for this guy. So this guy had neck pain and he had something going on in his back. So Adam had his hand on his neck. So I just put my hand in the middle of his back and we're just praying and wow. believing for what the word says, right? Just standing on the word and what the word says. Mm -hmm. I literally felt his vertebrae go like that. I felt it pop into my hand. He's sitting still. He's not even moving. <laughs> and Adam stops praying for him and he says, how's your neck? And the guy's moving his neck and he's like, my neck pain's gone and I just felt my back, whatever he said, straighten. And I'm like, dude, I felt it in my hand. <laughs> and for the rest of the day or the rest of the event, this guy walked around crying. Wow. Right? Because God touched him. And healed them and stuff. And so, <laughs> wow. then, then, man, I just, I, I just started like, I would go to Costco and get out of my car and walk through the parking lot. And as I walked through the parking lot, I would just pray, God, show me how you love people. Wow. Show me how you love. Right. And, you know, cause we're very judgmental people. We think we're all nice enough people, but we're nice enough to the people in our circle and other people, our eyes cast judgment and I'll look at this guy, look at that girl, whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. But my heart's changed. Right. So it's like, God, show me how you love. Mm -hmm. And I would just, you know, stop and pray for people and just pray for healing and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and then, you know, then it gets to the point where people start thinking it's you. Mm -hmm. Where you have this gift, and it's not what the Bible <laughs> no. said, right? It's Bible Jesus. Signs and wonders followed those who believe. Yeah, and it's <laughs> Jesus wanting to work through us. So the video you have is of my grandmother, who's in her 90s, and she's got arthritis, and she's got all kinds of stuff, right? But in this particular thing, she had gout in her, in her feet, in her toes, right? Okay. If anybody's ever had gout, it's like hugely painful. 
and uh, she, something was going on in her elbow where she couldn't bend her elbow further than this. Mm. It was all tightened up. And it's like, I mean, it's different, I guess, because it's your grandmother, but still my heart, right? It's like, man, she's struggling just to walk to the bathroom, mm. right? This is no good. And so in this video, I got my kids to actually pray for her. And I've done this <laughs> often where I've, you know, I've been around people and, or somebody's come to me. Anyways, I'll tell you a story about at a camp, but you attend this family camp every year. And um, the pastors, the, the, the guy who's speaking that week, he's got three daughters and his wife and his mother-in-law comes as well with them. And so the pastor's wife had hurt her back mm -hmm. uh, at some point. And so at the end of this evening chapel, um, we meet in the lobby, the pastor's wife, her mom, and myself and my wife. And uh, even though my wife, growing up in the faith, she didn't wasn't exposed to a lot of this healing stuff and and uh, whatnot. And so, I approached the pastor's wife and I said, "Hey, I heard that you had hurt your back." And she said, "Yeah, this and blah blah blah. It's over here and stuff." And her mom looks at me and she goes, "You should pray for her." And I said, "No, actually, you should pray for her." Me? Well, I've never done that before. I go, "Oh, well, perfect." And so I said, "Tell your mom where the the pain is." And so. The pastor's wife, her mom, puts her hand on her back exactly where the pain is. And I said, now just say something like this. And I don't know, I whatever. I said something simple. And then her mom said something totally different for what I said. But it doesn't matter because it doesn't even matter what you say, right? Mm -hmm. And so she prayed for her. And then I said, how's your back? And the pastor's wife's crying. She's like, it's gone. And her mom's like, what? She was totally taken aback and, and she's just weeping and like the prayer, the, like the pain's gone. Right. And so it's, it, it, it isn't me. It's us. Yes. <laughs> wow. Just feel the Holy Spirit right now. Wow. That's so awesome. You have such an incredible story. And um, I know like God has done so much and like others are feeling encouraged and I'm sure they want to come out on the streets and they want to pray for people. And that's what, Disciple City does. They train people. So if you guys uh, write Disciple City, I think it's disciplecity.ca, uh, you can send them an email. And uh, if you're in the Peterborough area or actually anywhere in Canada, uh, they can equip you uh, and your house church or your actual church, wherever. Yeah. Um, they're also going to be making videos shortly that will be sent out that you can download and you can watch them right in your house. So for sure, sign up for the email on there and they can send you more information. Um, thank you so much. I don't, I just feel so encouraged and uh, I'm excited. Uh, oh, to bro. He, he's got so much for us. Cause I mean, I, I I'm, I'm just scraping the sur the surface, the surface. <laughs> there's been times where the Lord's put me on my face and there's just so many stories. There's just so many stories, but uh, you know, for some final, final words of encouragement, Hunger, just a hunger for the Lord of what he wants to reveal to us. And uh, things really started to change for me when I stopped praying for myself, when mm. I stopped praying for things. And I just prayed my prayers were all just giving him glory, wow. giving him thanks, and just saying, use me. I would drive to work and say, God, use me. I just want to serve you. So just use me, and I give you all glory and honor. And things really started to change in that. Wow. I don't know what I was just thinking. I just feel the presence of the Holy Spirit so much right now. <laughs> I was just thinking something I was going to ask you, Todd. 
God just revealed the Father's heart so much to you. And I know when I was with you on the weekend, Francisco, which we'll have to have him on the show, really, he imparted that prayer, that Father's heart. And we really encountered the Holy Spirit like (laughs) a lot. Guys, we were on the ground for two hours after Francisco prayed for us. So Todd, maybe you can pray uh, for our viewers and whoever watches this video uh, or podcasts that they would tangibly feel the father's heart, the father's love for them, and that they would be set free from rejection uh, and just come into right identity with God. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for, thanks for this opportunity. And uh, I better keep my eyes open. Uh, (laughs) And God, I just thank you. And I just would thank you, Lord, that everybody that hears this, Lord, that we know that it's not about feelings, that it's about faith, God, mm-hmm. but there is something so precious when you touch our hearts, mm-hmm. God, and you just want to pour your glory out on your children. And so I would just pray that everyone listening would just have a fresh, tangible encounter of your love, Lord, whether that feels like a weight, a, a, a heavenly weight on them or a warmth in their heart that there is just a personal connection, that they feel the magnitude of your glory and how much you love them. Mm. And that as your Holy Spirit pours out on them, God, that it just melts away all the doubt, all the fear, all the anxiety, just leaves them. That they are not what people have said they are or what they think they are, who the world says they are, but they are who you say they are. And that their identity lies with you, God as children of yours. I just pray for a fresh encounter and a fresh outpouring of the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit. Yeah, Father. Father, reveal yourself, Lord. Reveal your love. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. (laughs) Awesome, brother. Well, thank you so much. And thanks for sharing your story. And uh, You're welcome. Uh, I'll put your links, Todd, in the comments. Uh, and Todd's links are, I'll put them in the descriptions also. And if you guys want to follow the Toddcast and be encouraged, he's posting so many different testimonies and incredible things God is doing. Uh, log into Disciple City, search it, disciplecity.ca, sign up for their newsletter. If you want to be equipped and trained and come out on the streets with a bunch of people on fire for God. Yeah. And yeah. we're Disciple of Cities on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, you can find us. The is on Instagram, the Toddcast underscore DAC. And it's like everything else. It's on Apple, Spotify, all that. So Yeah, you can find him everywhere. Cartoon guy kind of looks a little like <laughs> He kind of looks a little <laughs> like you. Awesome, brother. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, Thanks, and, and the rest of your show. And we'll, we'll be hanging out soon, brother. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Love you, man. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.